people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys! <clears throat> it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. <laughs> He's getting old. And here's oh. your host, Derek McCaw. We need a vacation, Nate. You could have burped. I, if, well, so thank, count your blessings, fandroids. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. We are podcasting from the Cafe Stretch on... Uh, oh, I lost track of the date. It's the ninth. It's uh, Thursday... May 9th. Friend of the program, Ben Costa's birthday. Oh, that's wow. true. It is. Happy birthday, Ben Costa. What'd you get, what'd you get Ben? Absolutely nothing. Oh, well, right. you know, you know, we got Ben. You're such an older brother. We got no. We got Ben a successful Kickstarter that's campaign. Right. That's true. We did. I contributed to his <laughs> Kickstarter. For I contributed. Uh, so I'm looking forward to reading Sherlock Pong. Anyway, uh, so uh, we're here at Cafe Stretch, where tonight uh, I want to say this just in: they have pink lemonade out of the uh, dispensary. Uh, didn't even is that notice. new this week? Apparently so, because one of the wait staff said, "We've got pink lemonade." So uh, you know, yeah, it looks like all of their little the Pepsi's are, are the same, up. but uh, they do they do have scrimshaw lager too. It's not quite pink. They so also come have water. They do, but come down to Cafe Stretch again. Great, I finally broke down. Tried the macaroni and cheese. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, you never tried that before? No, I had not tried it before. Oh, so. my. But we're not, we're not a culinary you do podcast. You glow about you now. But I do want to say, again, Cafe Stretch, awesome place to hang out. We're going to try to get uh, keep us, ourselves a little shorter tonight because they've got a great jazz uh, quartet coming in tonight at 8 o'clock. And so we will try to be concise with our nerdiness. Um, so uh, over to my left is my fabulous announcer. I am Nate Costa. And across, podcast producer... And moral compass, because it says so on his bag now. Rick Brett Snyder. And by bag, I mean those under his eyes. So, yeah. uh, he's tired. He's it's like, like gang tirelessly tattoo. working. Oh, my God. A little tear. He bored a man in prison. Uh, so Just to watch him cry. Yeah. Ooh. All right. So, hey, if you're still with us... Uh, Check us out on uh, We should iTunes. have a sound effect for Nate, <laughs> Nate shaking his head in <laughs> We in should. Okay. Uh, just a little bell. <laughs> we should have a live soundboard for you and let you... That you know, would be huge. That would be pretty awesome. <laughs> so, anyway, um, you know, we've got some comics news. We've got some movie news. We've got some TV news. Pretty exciting stuff. a lot stuff. of news. And I do have to mention, in Injustice, yesterday was the release of Lobo as a playable character. Ooh. Did I download and play him? Sure you yes, did. Yes, I did. So we can talk about that. And, uh, and why, will, why will Kid Macaw not be allowed to play Lobo on Injustice? <laughs> I have a couple of ideas. <laughs> yeah, well, probably a lot to do with Probably at least one is accurate. Yeah. Fingers. Uh, that, why, Yes. It, it is indeed digital as a problem. <laughs> so, uh, before, now we're being jovial and i got to say, um, we do want to acknowledge up front, uh, there was passing of a true, 
true giant legend influence on people. A giant who made giants. Yes, as, a, a, as the headline. We, I mean, it was a really nice uh, memoriam by, uh, by Chris Garcia this week. Yep. Uh, loss of a titan. And that would be uh, we lost Ray Harryhausen. Um, whose life and interest in, in the movies really spans almost movies, you know? I mean, when you think about that, realizing that he had worked for Willis O'Brien... And was inspired by King Kong, and then worked for the guy who did it. Who did it? And you look at how many people came after him who were inspired by all his works. Well, absolutely. So you, you know, again, for the the very few who might listen to this podcast who don't know who Ray Harryhausen was, he was a stop motion animator, producer, idea man. I'm not sure if he ever really, really wrote screenplays for himself, but as has been commented everywhere. If it was a movie that Ray Harryhausen worked on, it is known as a Ray Harryhausen film. So he clearly shaped them. But he was not the director. He was not the writer. Uh, but he would be the producer. And so starting with, uh, there were some sci-fi movies in the 50s, which you can get some pretty cool, you can get in a three-pack. Uh, it Came From Beneath the Sea, um, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Uh, so black and white films, and then but the thing that we all know is is the uh, go, uh, seventh voyage of Sinbad, Jason the Argonauts, Jason the Argonauts, the Three Worlds of Gulliver, Golden Voyage of Sinbad, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, and the last film he really fully participated in, the good version of Clash of the Titans. So um, definitely a guy who inspired. If you've seen the second Spy Kids, uh, the subtitle of which escapes me. So, uh, Island of Lost Dreams by uh, Kids 2, yeah. Island of Lost Dreams. Robert Rodriguez did his digital effects to look like uh, Harryhausen's, what did he call it, Dynamation or Dynamotion? Do you remember seeing I think it was Mation. Dynamation. Yeah. So remember to say, you know, you can go see this. Sinbad of the Night of the Tiger in fabulous Dynamation. Um, It'd be something that would just like come up for half a second on the trailer. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were, they were just great... Uh, Imagination inducing, but very inspirational. Uh, and there is from Blue Water Press. Uh, there have been several several comics based on his. There's a Sinbad comic. There's a there's a Clash of the Titans continuation, a Wrath of the Titans uh, that has nothing to do with the Warner Brothers current film, but but is everything based on his. And I know that the effects look cheesy by today's standards, but I was watching uh, one of the websites clip showed the clip of the. From uh, Jason and the Argonauts, the skeleton fight. Right, and that's thought, the classic. You know, one. it actually really is. Like, there's nothing about you believe it. You get sucked into that, even knowing that they're just rubber and clay. What's armatures. great about that is he's animating skeletons, but basically they can only do position. Right, they can't show any emotion. They can't flex. They can't strain. But every one of those things, as it fights. Is shows reaction and surprise or an, an oh, aggressiveness yeah. or whatever, all just through the magic of him, of painstaking, painstakingly dynamating frame him. by frame, knowing what he was going, how it was going to come across. Uh, he was a motion. master. He was yeah. brilliant, and again, it just influenced artists, filmmakers, and uh, the one I love is uh, is uh, apparently a lot of paleontologists as well. Because the thing is, like, if he was animating, because I think, did he do Valley of the Guangai? Was that I one of so. his two with the dinosaurs? Is that he actually made sure that the musculature, the armature, and everything mm-hmm. was as accurate as science could say it would be? Right down to even in Clash of Titans, you might not have thought that Bubo was scientifically accurate. No, I, but, but probably the Pegasus uh, was yeah. probably as close as you could 
to an actual horse. So there are people in all walks of science or the Medusa, inspired by the Medusa. Medusa and all the scared snakes. the crap all out the of me. And, are, and all the snakes <laughs> are animating independent of each other. Yeah. And I compare it to, yes, the CG in the remake of Clash of the Titans probably was smoother, but it just didn't have the power. It yeah. just didn't have the power. It's ironic because I remember probably one of the weaker films of the bunch, and it wasn't his effects that made it weak. It was just one of the weak stories was Sinbad, Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger. That was the first one I saw in the theater. And by that time, all his all his prior films were classics, and this was almost like a, 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 a bringing him out of retirement film. Um, and it was kind of sad because you went, you went in. It wasn't it wasn't as good as any of the prior movies yeah. as far as the story went. But his animation in that, if you, you know, take any of them, I'm going to tell you what's sad about that. Uh, uh, you know, when you say out of retirement, it was still only like six years after after the Golden Voyage of Sinbad because yeah. Tom Baker was the villain in that. Yeah, the Fourth Doctor, uh, Nate uh, from Doctor played Earth. a wizard. Oh, uh, yes, played an evil wizard. But the whole reason that I went to see that, and this is because it was like 78, yeah. um, was because Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca, right, played right. the Minotaur oh. that was the that rose the boat in there. And I read that in a star log and went, well, it's got a Star Wars connection, so I'll go. And then loved that film. I had not seen, you know, I'd seen bits and pieces on Channel 2 of the other movies, but I hadn't really made that Ray Harryhausen connection until... Going to see that. Thank you, Star Wars, for influencing me to go back to see uh, to see Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger. When you know Star Wars was just as much influenced by Harryhausen's work oh, yeah. too. Oh, arguably, yeah. you wouldn't have had Luke fighting the giant creature in the pit without uh, Harryhausen. Sar- no, not the Sarlacc, the uh, Rancor. The Rancor, yeah. The Rancor was definitely, and the little 3D chess that uh, exactly they that's play in the first one. Very much, like, very much true. Very, yeah. You know, so again, just a giant, a, a giant. When someone's like in their 90s, I don't know if you should say a giant loss. Just sorry to see that he's gone, but it's a he chance. He closed to out s- a great body of works, and he will not be it, easily forgotten. It is a chance to acknowledge uh, people take a look back. And we have the links, uh, you know, uh, we have a couple links to things on, on Amazon if you want to look at Chris's article, which I thought was very well written. It was really grateful he had time to write that up for me. Uh, and put in some stuff so you can pick up some some stuff. Most of it is available on DVD, if not Blu-ray. And uh, I'm waiting for the Blu-ray. And the Clash of the Titans is on Blu-ray. I don't know if the Sinbad ones are, but I really want to get the Sinbad ones to yeah. show my kids yeah. because it's just fun stuff. So then we let's move on to we did get. Uh, do you want to sing it? I mean, we're here in the cafe stretch. We got a little. Uh, we got an email. It's not uncanny. We got fanny mail. Copyright 2010, Lon Lopez Productions. Uh, so, anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there and acknowledge Lon's that thanks but no thanks. thanks thank, you're right. Thanks but no thanks Productions. Producers of the fantastic action figure, action I, movie. No, I got your back, Lon. Say action it. figure, action movie. Okay, thank you. Yes, it was sponsored by. We're not really sponsored by, but let's hope it does well. Because uh, I'd like to voice the second segment. I'm, I'm warming up that Michael Caine impersonation again. But anyway, we've got a letter from Brian K. Shimada, longtime listener, uh, prize winner. First and, time writer? No, he's written oh. many times. So I'm not, I, I, rather than read it in its entirety, because it was more like, you know, it was like, hey, I really liked your Iron Man review. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was like, hey, I really love the podcast. You guys are awesome. Yeah, it's all that. This is I, the best uh, podcast we'll, we'll, on the planet. We'll use it as a spring load. He did say something about me in it, though. Uh, that he saw you? No. No, what did he say? Rick should grow his goatee back no, and make no, himself evil again. Yeah, there was something about I having been totally right 
right on, spot on. I think spot on was the term. Oh my God! Does your wife not love you enough? No, is this is are you gonna? Is your mother? You know, did she? I live. You were the paragraphs. least favorite of the three of the three brothers, weren't That's you? That's true. I knew it. I got that confession. This may only make it to the outtakes, but I knew I was going to get that out of you. Uh, no, that's going right to my mom. <laughs> yeah. Christmas time. One brother got Captain Action. One got Action Boy. You got Doctor Evil, didn't you? I got a stone. Yeah. Oh, you got a rock. <laughs> one right. piece of coal. Uh, all right. So anyway, um, anyway, he did say he was at uh, Free Comic Book Day, and we wanted to talk about Free Comic Book yes. Day. And the grand reopening of the art, SLG Art Boutique and Gallery. And our buddy Mick Gray was there signing. And Brian apparently got a fantastic Requiem print I autographed got one by Mick Gray. Wait, you said you didn't. Oh, no, I you did. Oh, I said I couldn't bring get more. it. I couldn't bring it. And I didn't bring it, and I couldn't get more than one for you guys. Because you didn't want us to make us jealous. All right. right. Yeah. right. That's all right. It's I, beautiful. I, I would have no place to put it, really, Mick. I, I wouldn't, Mick. <laughs> Just in case, Mick, Mick had heard that these Mick's were not Mick, listening. Mick had heard that they were available on the East Coast for some show, and he said he wrote them and said, "Can you send me some? I'm going to do a thing on Free Comic Book okay. Day." And they sent him fifty, and he's okay. So he gets so them out for free. Were they his print of his it, artwork? It was his his inking, his inking on, over Patrick Gleason. Yeah. But they had him only on the East Coast. They didn't even say, "Hey, like, we've got like, this." It's like Robin's kind of traced in the background. And Batman's up on a pole with his cloak hanging down, and yeah, it's it's a beautiful shot. Hmm. All right, so don't anyway. let Derek see it because he might cry. No, I'm over it now. No, you're not. Are you kidding? Please, at <laughs> least, and we'll get there. At least this week's Batman and, and Red Robin, uh, or Red and, Hood, and, and Red, Red Hood, Hood yeah. actually sort of explains why it's taken so long to Are get you to. Read it? Yeah, I did I today. Read it, yeah. gonna, well, it does explain why it's taking so long to immediately go. Lazarus Pit. Um, I'll buy it in Mind the new wipe? 52. I'll, right. uh, no, I'll buy the explanation of the new 52. I will. So, um, Mephisto? It's still going to happen. No, Mephisto has nothing to do with it. Let's talk about Free Comic Book Day. So, you were at, uh, at Boutique. Yeah. So, tell us about the day. There. So, uh, Dan's got a great new shop. Uh, Dan Vado has uh, moved like a couple miles to the west of where he used to be. Uh, and uh, on Race and, Street, just and, yeah. south of the Alameda, mm-hmm. very close. And to it's the... really a. Be- it's like he took the heart out of the old store and put it in a brand Still new, beating and bloody, brand new body where it, it's just That's everything you love about the old store. Cooler to get it over there. Yes, but all fresh new paint and everything. It's just beautiful. And he's got a great performance space in the back. When that's where they had. That uh, what was the show they used to do on Wednesdays? The something Nerd Market or the Geek Market or something oh the, like that? yeah yeah uh, they tried nerd a couple Mart. times the Nerd Mart yeah, yeah. Uh, so they had a couple of the vendors that were from that and they had artists from as far away as Sacramento. Um, uh, our buddies at the Nerdvana podcast were doing a live broadcast. Yeah, my friend Anthony recording. Liano that does the DVDs and stuff from yeah has the comic shop. Up I bought something from him. Oh, uh, yeah yeah. So, uh, but just a wonderful store, uh, increased number of comics. And what was great about Dan's just, Dan is just, uh, the guy is not in the business to make a ton of money. He's in the business to have a good time and make friends and stuff. If you went into the average comic book store on, on free comic book day, you got two to five books, five of they were really generous and maybe you could get 10 if you had a coupon or whatever. I got three, but I took children, so I actually got nine. Dan gave you 
all you wanted. You could take one of everything if you wanted. Plus, he supplemented it with another 20 or so books just from his own stock that you could walk away. So you could walk away with easily 40 books from from Art Boutique. So what would be, uh, of the books that you got, what would be your favorite that you... uh... I haven't had a chance to read a lot of them. I was happy to see a new Mouse Guard uh, Uh story. By the time I got there, it was gone. I had not seen Mouse Guard. um, the, there's a new the uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. book, The Walking Dead. Did you look? Did you get a Walking Dead? I got one. I haven't read it yet. Now is that a reprint or is that a separate story? I feel like it is a reprint of a Tyrese story, but I'm not sure. Okay. Did you get the new Fifty Two book? Yes, I did. The Superman. Okay, I'm gonna one? have to borrow that. No, there was a Superman. Um, what do they call? It wasn't Unchained. It was. Uh, yeah, maybe they did call it Superman Unchained. And it was actually a reprint of the act, first action issue of action that Richard Donner wrote with Jeff Johns. Right. So it actually made sense that that'd be a good free comic to give away to somebody who's Bruce. planning to go see Man of Steel. Yeah. Because Zod is different than the old movie in that, and kind of idea similar ideas and so forth. But I was a little disappointed because then I, I I really hadn't paid attention to the pre free comic book day hype. And had not realized. I thought, oh, there's a Superman book. Cool. I'll get that. It's a preview of the new Superman book that Scott Snyder's writing. No. I was very wrong. Yeah. And so I said, I, I mean, turn and I handed it to my son and said, that's great. I read the Marvel book, The Infinity. The Infinity one. I read that one. And uh, I liked it. I was, it was funny because Luke looked at it and said, oh, I know who those are. Those are the guys from the end of Avengers. And the, the aliens, but it was. It, I guess it makes sense because Thanos. But it's. It was dark, and I'm not sure that, like you know, the T-shirts they were selling free comic book day this year were about infinite. Were for infinity, but, but infinity is not reading like a, Jonathan Hickman does not write family friendly, nor should he have to. No, family friendly books. It's not. It's not. And, and so, but I think, yeah. but when you put it on the T-shirt compared to all the other really open and biting T-shirts there have been. And they're fun images, and they're things that kids want to go, oh, free. That's what I felt was. Really, if you're reading Thanos Rising right now, you're just going to go, they should not really try and make a Thanos book that is family-friendly. No, no, nor am I expecting. Kid Thanos. Um, Which is what Thanos Rising is. Kid Thanos was nice in the first issue. Yeah, Yeah. but but again, I I, I know not appropriate for kids, but I guess the thing is that I I feel like Free Comic Book Day's original intention was to bring kids in. And there's a lot of really good kid-friendly material there. And, and DC and Marvel both, to be fair, had... Because uh, Luke picked up the Hulk Agents of Smash. Yeah. I did, too. Uh, I haven't read it yet. Preview book. And he really enjoyed that. I got to look at some of the pages and went, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, you know, and DC had a DC Nation preview sampler. So Which had... Teen Titans Go and The Way Batman. Batman. Yeah. And the... Um, some of the other things are I got a Tony Stark limited hero clicks oh, from no, uh, Iron Man three and cool. a number of other uh, ones I think were just probably thrown in by a, a comics conspiracy in Sunnyvale. Oh, okay, and, which I'd never been to before. That was a nice shop. Um, it's a nice shop. I do like comics conspiracy. That's they're where uh, Stan Lee was there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. A couple they're, years they're, ago. they're small, but but they're really good service and they're really nice people. I'm just you know. 
I'm just kind of ridiculously loyal to us, you know, oh, no. where I am. Stanley was a comic collector shop. Never mind. And yeah. then the um, the Archie Digest was a nice, uh, nice yeah. One my daughter picked that up, and I and I, I allowed it. Flipping through that it, was brilliant. Like, good, like they got 150 pages of. Yeah. I mean, it was a digest. Yeah, for free, and that was awesome. Yeah. So thought those were good. So all right, so good, good free comic book day all around. And uh, Dan Votto, we will start. We'll do a podcast he, or he, two or he, three. He, Where did you go for free comic book day? Derek? I went to Elusive Comics and Games, and uh, our friend Gaz Gretzky was was drawing and signing oh, out nice. front. And there was a Tony a Tony Stark impersonator. I saw a in the Iron of Man armor. He was pretty good. My son would not. Get his picture taken with him. Did uh, he uh, get Gaz to draw him something and then no, no, say no. it wasn't good enough? No, 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 though. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun uh, <laughs> last year. I think Gaz has recovered from that. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was a big wow, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. was and wow. That's when we knew Gaz was not ready to have children. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. That <laughs> was very funny. Yeah, that, that does remind us the big wow is coming up. Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha, Gaz. Uh, so, who, Gaz Gretzky, will have a booth there as well, a table. Speaking and- of tables, I don't want to interrupt, but I'm going to interrupt. But you are while I'm trying to, yeah, what? Did you see that eight-year-old kid's, uh, what's his name, something or other, Castillo, Ethan, Efren? No. This uh, eight-year-old yeah, kid is going to have a booth, and he's like... He's drawing like uh, like Warner characters, or he. Well, there's a picture of him drawing like you know the typical. Remember the art test? It's got like the cartoon draw the binky. Head. Yeah, yeah. But he also draw was uh, doing like Spider-Man covers that um, Umberto Ramos had done, like the Superior Spider-Man one. He's like copying that, and he's doing it pretty well. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like I post, I posted it on Facebook. Yeah, I saw that picture. It. People were going, going, that kid didn't draw that. Yeah. Well, yeah. apparently his uh, uncle went to San Jose State with me, and he's like, "Yeah, that's my nephew. I'm going to be there on one of the days." Well, we'll have to check but that out. He definitely yeah. did that. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive for an eight year old kid. Uh, I'll say. Definitely. All right, so we're going to be a big wow. Uh, we'll we'll possibly we're still trying to work out our schedules to all be able to sit down. We'll say it on the Facebook page when we have a little. Yeah, more. but uh, but likely on Sunday a big wow if you want to come and we'll find a place to record because we won't be recording a regular show next week. Instead, we'll be trying to record at Big Wow, which I think is very reasonable. So um, there we go. Um, so let's move into regular comics. Everyone stuff. wants to know where I went for free comic book day. Yes, you, all I'm of the sorry. listeners. I'm sorry. I bet you went to hijinks. No, I know no. where he went. And well, you I'm went, glad you, you went did. to Earth Two. I'm glad I you went did. to friend of the program, Car D'Angelo's Earth Two Comics in Sherman Oaks. Excellent. Yes, and you met Brian Posehn and Jerry Dugan. Yes, nice, awesome. So that was great. Yeah. Uh, very. Did happy. you get them signed? I got the first seven or eight, however many up to that day. Deadpool's yeah. signed, and then the new Deadpool just came out on Wednesday. I do enjoy that book. It's My a good God, one. It cracks me up. Mm-hmm. So, and so far, the only AR that I've actually enjo- enjoyed as well. So. <laughs> good job, Marvel, with your AR. Yeah, yeah. One out of because at least one had 70. Brian Posehn's being funny <laughs> instead of your editorial assistant, whose job, by the way, is not. Comedian, exactly. Um, he got a kick out of my uh, team fest. Iron Crotch T-shirt. Oh, good, good. So, did he order one? No, he didn't. Order oh. one. Is that another book that he can read and then try to try to compliment your brother and have your brother turn that his back? Would yeah. be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. let him know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, it's all reason James Robinson never returns our calls. Uh, so it's all Ben's fault. 
anyway, uh, let's go to comics. And uh, I've got some things about the, about having uh, read stuff. But today, in the Entertainment Weekly, don't tell Entertainment Weekly they're owned by the same company as DC because they uh, they debuted Joe Casada's redesign of Angela. Oh. That's going to be appearing in the. I've got to admit, ever confusing Age of Ultron. Uh, What's confusing about time travel? And no, nothing. Just like one, I realize I'm not sure I managed that I have read every issue, and it's not seeming to matter. No, that's just the way it feels. <laughs> it, it, you know, I have read every issue, and I feel like I haven't. I might Am have. I, missing something? I might have, but I'm just not sure. Um, so yet yet another alternate reality. So. We, you can't call it Age of Ultron anymore when it, that's not even it the be reality. Ages of Ultron. Ages of oh hell. Um, there, uh, Bendis posted people ask him questions on his Tumblr. Yes, and then he tweets it out and says, "Hey, here's a question from so and so." So somebody asked about the whole the story's been in the works for four years thing. He's like, "Well, it didn't take me four years to write it, and I've been updating things as we go along," but. Clearly, some of it was written definitely four years ago, as we can see from the way Spider-Man was portrayed. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, dude, just cop to just it. say, yeah, it took us a long time to get it done. Because so it was what? art. I mean, which I understand. But then you don't have Brian Hitch doing the art anymore either. Yeah, which Joe, is, yeah. And Joe Casada is going to do the last issue. So um, apparently they've been planning this Angelo thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and the redesign's <laughs> okay. And I mean, it's fine. But I realize... It, Did they have to redesign it? Well, she's not wearing her Spawn earrings. Yeah, because so they don't have the Spawn rights. So they. So that's a redesign? No, it, it is redesigned. Oh, hoops. <laughs> it, it is redesigned. It's not as Todd McFarlane-y. It's, okay. It, yeah, you can see it's different. And I guess the thing is, like he's saying, so now it's gonna like, you're going to treat it like Angela as a character that's been in the Marvel Universe, you just didn't know. And, sort of, and he compared it in Entertainment Weekly to being like when... Stanley and Jack Kirby introduced Captain America into the Avengers. It's like, well, here's this character out of time, and so Angela's a character out of another dimension, I guess. And right. you know, I could see that it'll be interesting, but I guess the thing is, I don't really feel I could be wrong, and it could be great. And I'm not, and this is not a thing. But out of the whole Neil Gaiman, Todd McFarlane kerfuffle, and all the legal legalities is. Angela was really not the result I cared about. I don't even care to see Miracle Man get to be called Marvel Man. I don't care about that. I don't care about that character appearing in the mainstream Marvel Universe. Oh, hell no. I just want to be able to get a reasonably priced trade paperback yes. of the Alan Moore, <laughs> yes. Neil Gaiman stuff, and then exactly. let Neil Gaiman finish the damn story. Right, because if you get that paperback... Then if they screw up the follow-up, it doesn't matter because you have the original that you can enjoy. Yeah. I mean, kind of. right now, this is like, not that this has happened to me recently at McDonald's, but this is like going <laughs> to get a Happy Meal to get a Skylanders toy, and then you get the girls' toy because they don't have any of the boy toys you wanted, but you got, you know, it, it's... You didn't get the boy toy you wanted? Was the girl toy Hello Kitty? No, it wasn't. I don't even know what it was. But actually, no, they were out of the Skylanders. I was getting it for Luke, and then then they gave me a Kilowog. I thought you said this hadn't happened to you recently. From the Green Lantern (laughs) animated. I spoke facetiously. Do you do you oil that eyebrow as it goes up? Uh, (laughs) Another sound effect. uh, Yes. Anyway. um, (laughs) 
No, I mean, it's just like we're getting lured in with the promise of something yes. Yes. we really want. And then we're going, well, I mean, this is okay. Yeah. It's just, it's not what I wanted out of this. Was anybody actually saying, damn, if only Marvel would get Angela and incorporate or it. Or even, I think even only Angela was in a story somewhere right now <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah. I, I don't think any, you know, so uh, that's not what we're You know, so we want. So. Anyway, yes, we were also joking about Age of Ultron, which is going to end up with Angela, but right now is a world without Hank Pym and yeah. a world without Ultron, which is why I'm saying there shouldn't, it can't be called Age of Ultron anymore because it's not. It's Age of Iron Man. Universe. It's now Age of Iron Man. So um, kind of – I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's just like, oh, my gosh, how many – I know why you're doing this so that you can sell all the action figures. There will be a whole line of toys that say yes. Age of Ultron. That they'll market the better cool. than DC will, and Toys R Us will have all of them. The Age of Ultron, Cable slash Cyclops amalgamation. Right. Yes. yes. They and, did look cool. and I, So I am enjoying that. So I want to say Brian Michael Bendis. I'm enjoying that. Another Brian Michael Bendis book I just wanted to talk about was I caught up on all new X-Men. And this question's been showing up elsewhere. And i got to say, if, are you reading all new X-Men? Oh, yeah. It's a good book. Okay, Sure. But how old are the actual X-Men? Ah. Because I was trying to do the math. The original X-Men or the current X-Men? Both, yes. Okay. Um, is that they do seem like they, they got taken to Times Square a couple of issues ago and going like, oh, my God, like it's one big advertisement. I'm like, okay, again, how long ago right. in X-Men right. history was this supposed to have happened? Which means you guys are all 50. Right, and that's what I'm saying. It's like I would love it if Bendis came out and said these were actually the X-Men from the 60s exactly. because it's the only explanation for how completely flummoxed they are right. by modern <laughs> right. cultural things. Like, right. because I, Are you reading it, Nate? No. This issue... They're reacting to the fact that in the, in the, the 80s, mo- it was in the 80s that it got redone, Times Square... Where they right. So, all the, so all are you the, telling me that Cyclops, if if let's assume they were at, at Xavier's at like the age of fifteen or sixteen, yeah, at the youngest, because right. Jean Grey's so right. they're at least they're at least sixteen. So that would mean that if Times Square was redone in the in the eighties, Cyclops now has to be at least forty six. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think Scott Summers is that old, but. I don't think anybody that's writing this is doing any type of math. Well, but here's the cultural... But, but then the Times Square thing is like, oh, my God. But then the most recent issue that I read, I'm not sure with their schedule if it actually is the most recent issue yet. Yeah. But that he... Uh, that somebody like takes out a, a, a phone and takes a picture and he goes, what? They're taking pictures with with phones now? Like, Is that a thing we do? And it's like, and you recognize that as being a phone? <laughs> Well, but I'm also thinking uh, phone cameras have been around longer than the iPhone. Um, well, arguably, phone cameras go back to, like, you could do it, do it at Disneyland back in the 60s, 70s. Well, but, but then, no, 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 oh, please, that was a concept. No, conceptually. No, no, no. no, no. But the, you're assuming but, they went to Disneyland when they were children. <laughs> they were mutants, Rick. They were not allowed to, be, to mingle with regular people. True. But, but still, I'm thinking. Remind like, me that I have a Disneyland note when you're done. That there's at least it's been at least a decade since camera phones have existed. Definitely, at least you know. So Philippe Kahn invented the camera phone. Ah, well, there we go. So I, I wait. I think I recall something about that at a wasn't at a it, Quest uh, event. Didn't it have a birthday recently. Like the I mean, phone? I mean, yeah. I do get it. That the iPhones are like six years. But the point is, it does feel like 
dude, just come out and say it. If these, if this is, if you like, there's been some warp, and they and Hank McCoy went back and got the original X Men from 1961 or 62. I'm down with it. It's awesome. I love the idea. But don't play coy, or at least do the research and figure out in your own head what the timeline is, and stop raising these weird questions. You know, so and especially really in a world with Reed Richards and Tony Stark, would would camera phones have been that far? <laughs> you know, right. wouldn't we have been more advanced technology? It, it's begging a lot of questions about Marvel tech. True. Wait a minute, you can take a picture with your camera. Well, dude, I just reached into another dimension and pulled out a crazy alien. Yeah, but that happens every day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Show us something new. Blastar showing up in three books this month. Whoa, that's amazing. All right. Um, and, uh, Wait till I show you Angry Birds. <laughs> <laughs> and you wanted to, you asked about a Marvel book. Anybody reading Alpha? Yeah. Who's writing Alpha? I have no idea. It was a it was an annoying line that happened in the in the Spider Man. Yeah, book. it was like a two issue thing. Oh, it was, it was more than that. It was like two or three issues. Was it that many? Yeah. Including that including the uh, annual, I believe, was yeah. Alpha. And then they've given him his own book and I You know I, what I think is Joshua Hale Fialkov, so I want to give it a shot because I like Josh. I hated um, the character. I just absolutely Well, yeah, but have you read the solo book? No, I haven't. Because it's almost like the Jeff Johns challenge. It's like if you hated the character in the sing- in the can Josh role. can Josh make it a readable character? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I, didn't I it was really just a question. Like, who's reading this? And I I don't hear anything about it. No reviews. Nothing on Twitter. Nothing. I'm not anywhere. sure anybody's noticing. Yeah, but and, and I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But one thing I noticed, and I, I forgot to mention this because I think it's just awesome that it's happening. Uh, you, you noticed that the DC, DC is re- reviving the Green Team. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> I'm actually excited about that. I'm very excited because Art Baltazar and Franco, the guys that did uh, Tiny Titans and are doing because Superman Family Adventures. there's one adventures. message that youth needs to know, it's like money can solve anything. But you know what? I mean, I actually have that first issue special. Yeah. And I, uh, I have to say, my thing with the green team is that their, their heart was in the right place. Their heart was in the right place. It was, yes. A lot of it was stupid. But you know what? It's a fun wishful. It was a fun wish fulfillment yes, concept, yes. and you just want to say Zuckerberg, that's what you ought to be doing. Oh, geez, we can talk about that off here. Zuckerberg's <laughs> an idiot. Uh, there, I've said it. Um, anyway, and then we've got Scott Counterpoint. Snyder. I don't uh, hear no, one. no, I don't hear I one. I don't hear one. And Scott Scott Snyder is getting to rewrite Batman's origin. Batman Year Zero starts, or Zero Year starts in issue twenty one. Um, but I, I, you know. Of all the things with like the rewrites and the reboots, and I get upset about it, and I'm like, no, Scott Snyder has utterly earned the right. Okay, unless he ruins I, I, it. I unless agree. he ruins it, because just let him rewrite year one, because year zero makes no sense at all. No, he's going to go further back than I think Frank Miller did, and because to before the parents I, were I, killed. I don't, I don't know exactly what he's doing, but uh, but I'm, I'm under the impression he's going to try to. Make it so that if you do like year one, you didn't want that to not exist, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's difficult. More about what picks up after that, you know, when he's really Batman. So I, I, I don't know, but I'm suddenly. Wouldn't that be year two? No, that was done too. After yeah. after death of a uh, because he really wasn't Batman in year one. He was becoming, and this is what happens after he becomes. But um, after death of death of the family, I kind of stopped. I, I, I just really hadn't continued with the Bat books other than Batman and Robin and, yeah. and uh, 
Batman Incorporated. I've just been kind of spotty. And, of and so now I'm going to have to go back in and pick up and, and just say, all right, I got to have this complete because I want to see what he's going to do and I got to give him a chance. Uh-huh. So, um, were there any other books you wanted to talk about this week? We, we, Batman and Red Hood came out, but you didn't get a chance to read it. You got the comicsology. Okay, stuff. and we have comicsology. Yes. So is this the first week of Comicsology submit going live? I'm not sure if it has. I, I haven't seen anything. I don't haunt their site. But, but Chip, Chip Mosher offered us a code to get a look at some of these new submit books, which are, which are books that are not in print at all. They're creator-owned titles that got submitted directly to Comicsology. They're uh, available exclusively through Comicsology. And I did not have the time, but Rick did to go through the catalog this week. I went through most of the pick catalog. A, and pick a couple of things to, to highlight. And I, I said this to be fair and give one to utterly, utterly avoid. Although I don't think that anybody else is going to have trouble picking that one out either. No, I don't think so either. But this is like the, a piece of corn. It's go a, ahead. It's about. Ooh, yeah. I'm glad we've all eaten. Sorry, Nate. That, that joke's going to make sense in just a couple minutes. So this is like 12 books that we were given the opportunity, and I didn't have a chance to read them all, but I kind of pick and chose based on a couple of things. One, one of the promises of this stuff is that it's getting more people in, and, it's, and, it's, and because there are people you haven't heard of before, you keep the price down. So I really, I really spotlighted in particular the ones that were the 99 cent yeah. per digital issue. And also the ones that looked like they had a decent page count, and from the cover it looked like it was going to have decent art. So just starting in the list, you know, we'll work our way up. Uh, the first one I read was actually uh, 377 pages for six bucks, uh, graphic novel yeah. uh, called Bikini Cowboy, which it's it's one of those uh, kind of um, not our world of cowboys, but. Yeah. Maybe another world, and it's kind of like I'm trying to remember what the what was the uh, there was a cowboy movie where it was like a guy uh, with his six gun sa- uh, no a six string samurai six yes six, yeah. um, so this is this is a, it's a kind of tomboyish looking woman in a in a in a bikini and a cowboy hat and boots Here's and the title. she has a surfboard that shows up every now and then but. Uh, it looks it's it's well drawn and it's cleverly written and I I would actually give it a thumbs up at six bucks, not a problem to recommend this at all. Uh, the uh, it's a it's kind of a uh, journey story and there's a young young boy who's uh, teamed up with Whiskey Jill. So the next one I I looked at was um, Death to the Sky Pirates because it just looked it on the cover it kind of looks like the My Youth in Arcadia the Captain Harlock stuff. And that's about as good as it gets. The cover is the cover is uh, is kind of the high point of the book for me. The dialogue was pretty standard. Um, it's uh, it was ninety nine cents for twenty four pages, but uh, it it starts off supposedly mid story, and in the liner notes before the story, they tell you you've already, the story's already been going on, and you'll find out what was going on after issue twelve. And it was already, I'm kind of going. Um, you, if you're going to do you're this, assuming, just tell the story. And, you're assuming too much goodwill right out of the bat. Yeah, yeah. you are. So I, I would give that one a skip. But one that surprised me was Legend of Oz, The Wicked West, number one. Which has appeared in print. And I hadn't, I'd never seen it before. But it's a very small press. It's I've seen it around Elusive. And this, this, I've been intrigued. I haven't picked it up yet. I think it's from Big Dog Inc. Or rather, I think Big Dog Inc. picked it up. Uh 
the, it impressed me kind of like the uh, those initial impression. I opened the book, I opened it up, and the inside had the alternate covers there, and a couple of them looked a little bit like those. Uh, what are the fairy tale stories with the girls and the scope? Yeah, that that and but it didn't actually pay off that way. Um, certainly, a voluptuous Dorothy in a Western outfit and go on going uh, through Oz, which is strangely Westernized and but a charming book, well written, and I actually may pick this pick this one up. Uh, additional issues on a regular on. basis, good. yeah. Um, one that was definitely family friendly, and I, I recommended it to you at the store was Lloyd the Bear about a boy and his teddy bear, and he's bored. And it's really a sparse telling, almost a, almost a Calvin and Hobbes kind of yeah. sparsity to the artwork. Um, a little bit more angular, a little bit more um, rectangles and circles kind of, kind of drawing. But uh-huh. it turns out they get, they get taken off into outer space, and it turns out that the bear is actually an alien who's, who is in refuge on Earth and loves... The boy back because when he needed help, he was brought into the family, and um, it looks like it's going to be their adventures in outer space. Now that they got a Which spaceship, does remind me. I just want to point out: uh, it was announced last week that Boom Studios has Hero Bear and the Kid, which was excellent. Uh, like seven or eight years ago, no, my son's nine. Like ten or eleven years ago is when wow. the last issue we've seen of it. So Mike Kunkel's Hero Bear and the Kid is going to come out through through the Kaboom line. Okay. And I, I'll vouch right now, that's great family comics. So I'm glad to hear Lloyd the Bear. Um, I just want to point that one out. And then go to the other one you said. Uh, so uh, Well, there was uh, there were three more that I wanted to talk about. One is called Sup- Our Super Mom, one of those days, about a an actual superhero, a woman who's a superhero, but she's she's like the mom who has full-time mom, full-time superhero with a husband who is an artist and uh, really charming it's strictly black and white it wasn't colored but the art is really good cool. and the and it again it was uh, 23 pages for 99 Nate, cents Nate could you lay off the horn for a bit sorry sorry. now the one we're going to warn you off on and, and just basically say even at 299 for 23 pages which is just ridiculous is called poop office because it's not even Pages of paper and this that you is, could then use to poop on. Yeah, yeah, and that is a joke in the story. Actually. Is it really? Yeah. So wow. You know, if you if you're looking for if you can't get enough poop jokes, this is maybe the book for you because this is about pieces of poop in an office telling poop jokes. Every panel that is sounds a poop hilarious joke. to me. Yeah. So does it? Uh, yes. You guys are being very unfair. Does it really? The, it is. Uh, it, it's an aggressive book because it, it is 23 pages, and I, they I are wanna, densely packed. I just want to point out that on the same podcast as we were just totally lionizing an eight-year-old kid who can draw like Humberto Ramos. Poop office. <laughs> you, you wanted to defend poop office. Absolutely. No, there's a generation that can come and create something better. The kid's name is Ethan Cole Castillo. Okay, Ethan this is, Cole Castillo. We're totally going to This is that written guy. and drawn by Ben Pooped. Nice. Which I'm assuming is. Wait, a, I know him. Too, yeah. <laughs> I work with him. Uh, um, and they actually did have, uh, apparently, they did some sculpting, and there is a Fumetti in here as well, has all the drawings. Oh, my God. But I would still give it a skip. And then, I thank you for telling me it was sculpting. The uh, <laughs> I didn't say what they sculpted. Ah! Um, now, the probably the, the surprise, charming uh, best buy in this whole bunch 
is called Silly Kingdom. Um, Alan God. Alan Grimrickshaw, that's all one word, 211th birthday. And this is by Steve and Katie Shanahan. Um, age, age rating 9 and up, 44 pages for 99 cents. And this, deal. this is a classic, uh, classic comic story, entirely family-friendly, uh, kind of a Warner-esque uh, facial expressions, reaction shots, and... Uh, just I gush over this. It's unlikely to be a series, but this one is definitely worth picking up and reading. Well, then that's the best of what this submit should be. Is like if you've had that one shot story um, that you want to just get out there, yeah. And you know, I'll low be, risk. I'll bet because I saw in there there was a Marv Wolfman book, uh, The Man Called AX. I didn't read that one. And no. and the Wicked West, the Wicked West. These have been titles that others have. <clears throat> Done as hard copies, print. So you have a mixture. You have the people that are going to try to do this as a career, and, or in the case of Marv Wolfman and Sean McManus, have been doing this as a career for decades. Um, and then you have the person that like they have the story they want to tell. Maybe they're not going to be pros. Maybe they're not going to go on, but they got a chance to get it out there. And I love that this that this is happening. I'm, now, not, I, I'm not a big fan of the concept of poop office, but. Nate there might pick it up for maybe you will. And, you know, if I it gets, doubt it. If it gets it's him expensive. reading, if it gets him reading, then that's good. Yeah. But uh, you know, Comicsology. I've been I've been mixed on Comicsology ever since they stopped doing um, their their iOS app, and yeah, yeah. they're really only they're really only readable on a PC or a device that can use Flash. I had a little trouble with the reader with Flash. I had a couple of crashes, a lot of freezing. Um, but I think that may be the most recent version of Flash, as you and I were discussing before. But yeah. if you're interested in this, Comixology, C-O-M-I-X-O-L-O-G-Y dot com, and you want to look for the submit titles. Yeah, so like slash submit or... I, you know, we have the special link that took us right to right to this. So Let's okay, have just the... came in with a giant stand-up bass on his back. Awesome. Let's get to movies then, shall we? Because the big the big thing for the week that has uh, Rick and Derek all the Twitter, well, let's talk. You know, there's been a lot of fallout from Iron I saw Man. Iron 3. Man three. Did you? Did you enjoy it? To a point. Oh, what was your right flaw? up until the end then, huh? Uh, the mo- if I didn't know anything about com- the comics, it would have been great. Oh, I know what you're. And about. if there wasn't a huge buildup in the first movie, yes. it would have been great. That well, was my only. Problem. I think we, a huge we, build up of what? Well, we can go. We can. Well, we can do spoilers. Spoil we know. Oh, 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 let's okay. just say for the next three minutes, we yes. can do spoilers. I will agree that that clearly because one element was cut from the first film at the last minute, a clue. I see what you're saying. A clue was laid out that you could take or leave in the first film, with respect to the Ten Rings. I thought we were trying to be spoiler free, and now we're no. Right. I said no, we just yeah, spoilers on. Minutes, spoilers on. Spoilers on. Okay. Yes, but, uh, yes. They, 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 and what had happened was that they had decided at the last minute to get rid of the Mandarin and just do with that little clue of the Ten Rings. So I, I understand that. I got over that very quickly. I, I let that go. I let I it go. Because I thought, was that just fanboy wish fulfillment? Because we're being nerds about it all. No. You know what I thought I about? Agree. I let it go because it was funny, the way it was acted, and the way... It was done, but at the same time, I was really looking forward to a big Mandarin Iron Man clash. Clash, and 
They built it up that way. But you know what could happen? If you, were, if you want to write it, he's got those ten rings on his fingers, and who knows where they came from right. or what effect they could have. You could have – remember when they rebooted Superman and Brainiac was just this stage magician? Yes. Until he got infected by the uh, right. identity from outer be. space. And so but, it still but, could – Okay, but here's It could be thing. just a different See, I was hoping when, uh, when he stumbled out of the bathroom that he was acting like he was acting, and all of a sudden he was going to be like – you know, it would have right. been, a, it would have been a nice last twist. It would have been a nice last twist. Yeah, and well, in a movie, yeah. I mean, but but on the other hand, I understand where Marvel felt they were in. They're not wrong. They were in a very difficult position with that character, who is whether we you know whether we agree or not, doesn't matter. We're all you know three Caucasians sitting around a table. Yeah, the Mandarin is a horrible stereotype. And for the average oh, movie, and for the average moviegoer, especially when China is there, there are there are you and I sitting here going, well, they did the ten rings, and then there are um, say seventy other employees at my place of work who go, that's nice, Derek, and they nod at me and they <laughs> put me back in my corner, you know. So, um, but they still enjoyed Iron Man three, and so that's you know that's where Marvel's at, yeah. and and China did push a big thing and. Apparently, the doctor, the heart cardiologist at the beginning and the end has a slightly larger role in the uh, thing. But they're getting backlash on that. The, the, the Chinese critics are like, why are you patronizing us? Yeah. Why aren't we getting the same film? Why are you doing these little nods to us like, oh, the stereotypical... Yeah, I don't know why we... we I, I don't understand that either. I, you know, Well, yeah, because they thought that that was the right thing to do, and now the Chinese people are saying... We really you are okay with just be seeing the, It's going to be in the extended cut when it comes anyway, out on DVD. You know, it, it was obvious. But, um, you know, the other, da- the other um, flip side, of course, this week is that, you know, Robert Downey Jr., his contract's up. So now, now they're it, renegotiating. Does it end with this film or does it end with it, Iron Man, or with Avengers 2? No, it ends with this film. Okay. So he's in negotiations for Avengers 2. So that way, we were trying, to count, it, we were trying to count it down, though. So it was, it was, was it a five or a six picture? Well, he Deal. got three Iron Men right. and Avengers, Hulk. He so, was in The Incredible Hulk. So just the appearances when... Oh, yeah. That's what... Well, Chris Evans has said that. Like, you know, he knew. He's got a three-picture deal, and there was no way that uh, they were going to... Or I think he's a six-picture, but they're not going to waste any Captain America appearances on cameos. It's going to yeah. be, you know, he's a major player. So... Um, it's nice that you know somebody else did show up at the end of Iron Man three, but the negotiations are now it's hardball. He got fifty million dollars for being in Avengers, fifty million dollars, which is one percent of what Avengers made. Actually, it's a half. It's a half percent now. But when you but when you consider that Iron Man three is on track to make oh a billion dollars by the end of the week, yes, uh, worldwide. Is he worth more than $50 million to yeah. be in Avengers 2? Absolutely. I suspect so. Thor, He's worth a billion dollars. And Thor and Captain America did not do nearly as well no. as, as the Iron Man films have. Thor's not gonna, the Thor Dark World is clear, not going to do as good. And, and, the others, and like the other actors are apparently saying he, Downey's you know, in, in their corner helping them negotiate. But the reality is... As much Robert as Downey Jr. is, is Michael Tony's. Jordan. Yes, and Scotty Pippen is would be Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Yes, and then Thor is Dennis Rodman slash Horace Grant. He is. I I almost want to cry because I actually get your entire <laughs> sports metaphor here. Uh, <laughs> I'm. 
I get it. Okay, so anyway, go ahead. And then you've got uh, Ruffalo would be Ron Harper or B.J. Armstrong. And then... Uh, Do you remember our constituency? Come on. Uh, <laughs> Hawkeye. You went, no, no, you don't need to go any deeper. Okay. The point is that... that <laughs> we don't doubt that you could. That at this, at, at this stage of the game, I wouldn't say that being in the Avengers has made anybody other than... Well, Robert Downey Jr. Was, didn't make him a star. It maybe helped boost Mark Ruffalo's uh, visibility with the mainstream. He's always been right. a well-respected actor. But I don't think it made truly made stars out of Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth. I think, honestly, Chris Hemsworth, outside of Thor, more people know Liam. Because they're, because he's been in the teen heartthrob thing and had the Miley Cyrus connection. Yeah. So Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth, he's not the movie star yet. But if Downey walks, is walking away at this point, if it's seen as Downey walks away while they still could have kept him, I don't think people are going to want True. to come see Iron Man 4 True. or Avengers 2 as many. We'll go, of course. We'll be fine because for us it's about content. But I would agree. Downey is, I mean, he was the right choice for, for you know. So then who takes over when he leaves? Ed Norton? No. <laughs> no. John Stamos? No. Ooh, wait a minute. No. Because he, he, John Stamos, is, I mean, you're being sarcastic, but he's the same age. You got It's got to be no, someone I'm not, who's... I'm not being sarcastic. It's got to be someone who is, you know... John Stamos could be 50 years old, but he looks like he's 30. Could be so a... Ch- you know, it's got to be someone who's a, a charming <laughs> a-hole. Charismatic. Uh, you know, because that's the thing. Is fast talk. Tony Stark mm-hmm. is not a nice guy, but gets away with... He charms people. He yeah. was really a turd to that kid too. Oh my, uh, yeah. I had a di- I had a difficult time. I took Luke, and we talked about it ahead of time. And it, it was just I said, I, you know, I don't want you to think that that's what people really, you know, what it really happens between fathers and sons. And he goes, eh, that's Tony Stark's dad. I got you. So <laughs> <laughs> my son is very uh, matter of fact about those things. Stop worrying. I worry far more about it than he does. But you know, yeah, he was. He was. You know, he's a jerk. But but it, Stark it, had no role model to right to, and, for and good the, parenting. Is, so it's, I, a, it's it, a character. I pointed out it was absolutely right for yeah. the character. Absolutely, I've got no no problem with that. And so, it was fun to watch. He's he's ill at ease with the child. Then, yeah. and I thought everything about the uh, anxiety text completely made sense. Yeah, and I just love that. So, but the other the, okay, so there's the they're negotiating for Robert Downey Jr. But the fallout that Rick and I love is that Sony went ahead and told Shane Black, um, let's talk about that Doc Savage script you have. Yes. Yes, and we're very excited about that. So it's a misnomer. It really it is at this point. It's this not is really definite. It's, it's saying, a good hey, time for Doc Savage fans right now with the novels that they're coming out with now. And, and that uh, sunscreen. Yes, the sunscreen. Bronzing. The made-up uh, bronzing uh, sunscreen. Oh, that was yeah. fake? That was fake. Oh. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, did you see my comment on that? No, I put I, w- I put the lotion on my skin, and I then would, I go fight evil again. I would like, I would really like, for this movie to be made at a time where you could still have Ron Ely come in and play Clark Senior. That'd be awesome, just for a little bit, just for a moment. Can I geek out for just a little bit? Who would play Doc Savage? The Rock. I've long thought the Rock. That, should he be, would be a really be good, a great, good Doc Savage. A great Doc. They'd Savage. have to cover the tattoos. He's injured. So. Movie magic. So, so in <laughs> in the latest Wild Adventures of Doc Savage that Will Murray's yeah. writing, uh, the one that is uh, Skull, Skull, Skull Island, Island, yeah, King Kong. 
you have not only do you have Doc Savage Sr., but you have the grandfather, Stormalong Savage, who is uh, oh nice. And but it, there's a scene in it where um, where Doc Savage Sr. and Doc are in the room, and Doc starts doing his trilling sound. Yeah, and and his father's never heard it before. He says, "What the hell is that sound?" And Doc says, "Well, you remember he sent me off to the llama, and when I was under his tutelage, when I when he was perplexed or thinking." He would make this sound, and I just kind of picked it up. And I'm not even aware that I'm doing it. And the father says, it sounds ridiculous. You should stop doing it. <laughs> and yet, such a, such a doc Such thing. a doc savage. I'm, I was really thrilled. I was cleaning my room, and I found um, the copy uh, that you made for me put, uh, for, of it on DVD. So I'm going to be, ex- be attempting to show Kid Macaw. Oh, it's a great film for kid. You know, it is. I mean, even the covered in gold scene. Yeah, I mean it is silly. I want to see Shane Black do a great job with it. I want to see him do it right, and then he's going to say, "Well, did be, they make the next movie?" Dad? Because this is this is the one that is like how Lon says he's got his Avengers too. He's got his Defenders ideas, whatever you know. In Justice League, Doc Savage is the one I could say right now. I could pitch that, and I could tell, I, I could have my idea, and we'll call it the name of the Savage, and then Doctor Who will steal my plot. Um, <laughs> so I'm not bitter. Speaking of The Rock, yes. San Jose State alum Omar Benson Miller is set to co-star opposite The Rock in an HBO dramedy pilot executive produced by Marky Mark and Steve Levinson. Yes, what's it called? Untitled oh, at this point. I, I like that. It's catchy. It's speaking, called, of, speaking of The Rock and Doctor Who, <laughs> the rumor is for Guardians of the Galaxy yes. that Rocket Raccoon will be voiced by David Tennant. Blank stare from Nate. The tenth Doctor, the one everyone has a huge. He crush does on. not have he's a got yellow a, dialogue box voice at all. But he could do a Cockney. He's an actor. All right, and he's he, gonna, they're going to need to use some filters. That's and all. And he's know. Scottish. He could totally make that raccoon into yeah. one feisty, one savage, feisty Scottish <laughs> raccoon. All right, good, good. <laughs> I could totally see it. All right. Um, so anyway, that was pretty yellow, was it? <laughs> Thank you. Well, they're not, James. That's such a. Compliment. I felt. I felt. Ba- I, I do feel complimented because you know. But it's it's funny because on Facebook this week, James Gunn posted, um, "Will you please? I'm not going to give you a job just because we're friends on Facebook." <laughs> stops and stops sending me. Those of you who have not contacted me trying to get a job on Guardians of the Galaxy, I love you all. <laughs> and I felt. I was like. Yeah, I mean, I'm not confusing. Derek sat there and thought, wait a minute, have I contacted him? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, when I say <laughs> Too late. when I call James Gunn friendly, it's like, I know because I've had this happen more than once. I walk into a room and James goes, hey, and he has called me out on his Facebook page a couple of times, like asking for advice on comics and stuff. So, yeah. um, so I know he is at least aware and they finds do. me a friendly presence <laughs> in his life. Not in his life, but... In the satellite of people he knows. I'm okay. Um, but to confuse that with, you know, to say, we're phrases here on the paperwork. Yes. Could I then be Rocket Raccoon? <laughs> well, all right, this is my audition tip right now. Um, it's not going to happen. I know. I'm going to get to Hollywood the hard way. Okay, now say something to Drax. That's already been cast. That's Chris, that's Chris Bautista. No, I say something Dave to Drax. Bautista. Some, uh, Dave Bautista. Have uh, the raccoon yell at Drax. Drax a big green galoot. I don't know. I don't want the echo. Sounds a little there. too much like Groot. Okay. 
Groot. All right, so it's all right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, and then there was an amazing Spider-Man two spoiler leak, or I don't. I think they're just messing with us. But the picture of Gwen Stacy of Emma. That costume was damn close to the. Did you see this photo and the one that no. it? So it I, is, I avoided it because it said spoilers. Okay, I'm it's sorry. not a big spoiler. You've read the book. If you know what's going to happen, is is that basically Emma Stone is dressed identically to the outfit that Gwen, Gwen Stacy wore when, when she was thrown off the, the bridge. On the bridge. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so it's like, well, you knew it was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. That's why they're introducing Mary Jane. But why are they killing her already? What issue did she die in? But you know, if I were if I she were Sony like in the 70s. 121. No, 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 no. Yeah. The issue she dies in is 121. Don't argue with Derek on this uh, one. Okay. <laughs> the oh, okay. father I'm, dies the father in issue dies. 90. Yeah, okay. Killed by Dr. Octopus, who yeah, yeah. in Superior Spider-Man forgot that he was the one who had killed Captain Stacy. Right. Oh, God. I'm sorry, Nathan, but this is important. When he you did were not uh, kill him, didn't he? He caused a wall to fall Yeah, he causes the wall to fall. Yeah. Um, so he killed him. He killed him. Uh, so I think if I were Sony, like like they're a con- they're a person, corporations are people. You want Dennis Miller to die. Or, or not Dennis Miller. Uh, Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. He, he already did. I want Dennis Miller to die. I don't know. Dennis Leary did die at the end of the first one. Did he? In Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. He gives I hated Peter, that movie so much. He does, I, I liked the movie, I I, like but the Captain Stacy should have lived longer. It was, a, yeah. it, was a wrong, it was a wrong move. But there are many things I liked about that movie. And many things I will probably like about it. I'm loving Jamie. Everything I've seen about Jamie Foxx's Electro, I'm, I'm really oh, digging yeah. that idea. Um, but I, if I were Mark Webb doing this, I would totally throw that picture out there and have all the fanboys going, oh, my God, this is what we think is going to happen. Sure. And then save that death till the third one. I wouldn't. Interesting. I wouldn't let her live past the third. You can't. So keep her in the outfit through two movies. Well, just for that well, one. She can wear the same outfit more than. There's once. no reason why you have to be dressed the way you I'm were in the early kidding. '70s. I'm just kidding. Uh, especially when it's 2013. So uh, anyway, there were a couple of trailers. Yes. That we should talk about. Yes. Did you see the Ender's Game trailer? Yes. Which, by the way, gives away everything. everything. No, not quite. It does. You would. Th- I bet you could. No, the problem with the trailer is it doesn't make enough of a point that the students think that they're in. That's my problem. A situation. It, it tells you what this. It tells you what the real situation is. It doesn't tell you, but it. From looking at it, that's what you'd expect. Yes, I also thought, and while I appreciated that they had to, because Ben Kingsley was big, especially they wanted to capitalize on his Mandarinness. Yeah, I think great casting is Mazer Rackham. Yeah. But I felt like the trailer made Mazer Rackham into a much bigger deal than than if it's an accurate representation of the book. Uh, have you ever read Ender's Game? Negative. Okay. Uh, Mazer Rackham is this character who's kind of a legend through most of the novel. And then when he appears, like it's a big revelation. He's, he's the big hero from the first from, war. From the first war. And, and you know, for Ender to actually encounter him is this whole huge deal. And then it's sort of like, bleh, there in the trailer. Now, maybe... An audience isn't going to know that, and maybe the film will still accurately yeah. pace that. But it just felt like to me, like, and I didn't realize this is my thing with trailers, and I know they've done studies. People love knowing all this stuff. I don't. I I want a trailer to just tease me. I think that tease they. Me. I think they made too much of the giant space battles, and I would have wanted to see more of the like zero gravity combat. This is such a big part of the story because yeah. that would have been visually interesting. But you know, too. I saw one. There was one shot of the zero gravity combat, yeah. and I will say, 
that's exactly how I pictured it in my head. Uh huh. That's great. So I'm, yeah. re- I'm with mixed emotions, ready for this film. And what I really liked was actually it looks like they, they bothered to cast someone big enough as his sister, yeah. Abigail Breslin, to be Ender's sister. And I was like, excellent. Then she's going to matter the way she should yes. in that story. So I was really because it, it'd be easy to cut, very easy to cut down. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I was happy with that. And then the World's End trailer. Came out that the cool. last of the Blood and Cornetto trilogy. I love that. I had never heard of that before. And oh, then, uh, I, I'm sorry. I realized that I've like I've. Pardon me while I name drop. I've sat down with Nick Frost and Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright enough times that it's like to me that's totally. You know, no, I had to look it up because I'm really horrified. That. I don't know if you've noticed that I'm really starting to look like Nick Frost more and more, and it's really bothering yes. me. I did notice <laughs> that in the last the last picture of all. We of just thought like, it was something Derek you were trying there? to do. I, I wish. Uh, no, it's time to really stop eating. But that macaroni and cheese was so good. Um, but anyway, what I loved, you know, I, I knew it was going to be kind of apocalyptic, but but that trailer, it's I kind of like the uh, what's the one about the kids with the glowing eyes? The Village of the Dam. Village of the Dam for. But that's what I love. It's, like, it's like I like that's that's what makes that brilliant, and which was what made Hot Fuzz brilliant. Yeah, and. And to go back to Orson Scott Card, because this is a writing thing that I have always taken from Orson Scott Card. People have their issues with him, but yeah. you know what? I'm sorry. He is insane. I disagree with his politics. I don't know if I would like him personally, but he writes well. Let's not go there. Yeah, but no, yeah. no, no, because but his lesson is, is it's, it's, it's good to have one idea, but that's not a story. Right. A story is two ideas crossed over. And so the idea of these guys that have to make this legendary... They have to complete... The American film would just be the... It's the hangover. Would, would be making the, 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 yeah. the pub, pub crawl. The British one... The, the brilliant twist is... And they're pub crawling through the village of the damned. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. Or something. And, and that I love... The or Catholic, keeps, wild Catholic schoolgirls. And the, stop it. And the, and the, the trailer implies, and, and the tra- trailer implies that Simon Pegg still doesn't care, just wants to get to the end of the pub crawl. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, we can all get down with this. Nate and I will enjoy this film together. Perhaps we will. Okay. Because we enjoyed. We saw the watch last year together. We did see the watch. Yes, that was so. a good one. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the watch. it. I wished I had enjoyed the watch more. But I've never seen Hot Fuzz. I need to oh, go. I have a copy of it. I'll, I'll lend you my, my copy. And I know exactly where that is because it's always there. And I'm going, I should really watch that again because I loved that movie. That movie is fantastic. So, um, anyway. Oh, and we also got new concept footage for Big Hero 6, the first oh, Disney Marvel animated. It's going to be a little bit of a letdown if you watch it because there's no concept of the characters. Hmm. It's just to see if in CG they can do Tokyo. So it's like there's a cable okay. car that's going down a hill, and it's just showing all the neon of Tokyo at night. So it's giving you a feel for their atmosphere, but that's it's like it's like 30 seconds. That's it. But no explosions. No. So we have a release date November 7th, 2014. The first Marvel Disney, well, really the second Marvel Disney collaboration, because the first one is Phineas and Ferb this summer when the Avengers come to Phineas and Ferb to the tri-state area to stop Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Uh, I'm so looking forward to that. Uh, but I'm looking forward to Big Hero 6 as well. And uh, Jurassic Park 4, people are looking forward to, but it has been officially delayed by Universal Studios. Are we this late? Yes. We're almost there. We're almost there. Oh, are we going to have to it's okay. cut our TV stuff? 
Now let's just power through. We'll power through. Here, I'm adjusting the sound Get here. Get close to your microphone. I'm very close. I love this. Now we've got this fantastic. We better find out who they are so we can give them a shout out at the end. Okay. Okay. So Jurassic Park 4 has been officially delayed by Universal Studios. Whatever the real reason, who knows. But they say they're still standing by Colin Trevorrow as a director. Which gives me an opportunity to transition from movie to TV because... I want to talk about a movie uh, about Colin Trevorrow's first film, how he got this job. was a fantastic little movie that I watched a month ago on uh, Netflix called Safety Not Guaranteed. Have you guys seen it? I remember that. I didn't see it, but I remember the name. It is great. It's it's a romantic comedy with a a sci-fi background, and it's about this... This ad shows up in a small town paper about a guy wanting a companion for a time travel uh, expedition. Must have your own weapons training. Safety not guaranteed. So this alternative weekly in Seattle sends a reporter and a couple of interns to go find out who posted this article. What does he think he can do? And as the movie progresses, it's just you start realizing he really can do it. And... And, and so, but it, it's it's like there really isn't a lot in the way of special effects, but it's just charming. It's a huge character piece, and if there's one thing that would make Jurassic Park four interesting to me after two and three is make me care about the people again because oh, yeah. I didn't care in two and three. Did you care in one? Oh yeah, I did. I no, wanted that little girl to just be eaten immediately. That's I true, but I still him. I cared in one. Uh, it's all about the chemistry. I only the young cared boy about and, uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm. Yeah, but that's fine. And I like Laura Dern. <laughs> so anyway, so once again, that's Netflix coming to my rescue. But I really want to push that movie. Safety Not Guaranteed. Great movie. You guys should check it out. Okay. Um, on television, let's talk more about Netflix because there's a rumor that Dark Tower might make it there. Stephen King's Stephen King's The Dark Tower. The Dark Tower. And Dark Tower Gunslinger. Rick and I were talking before Nate showed up tonight about uh, you know how between Amazon and Netflix the game is changing for the networks and we are going to get what we want through these alternative program new alternative programming things because Amazon did Zombieland now I know Sal- I think Salazar Jason Salazar said he didn't like the Zombieland pilot. I heard. Actually, I think I heard about it from him before I. Or did am I am I miss? Yeah, I think he actually said it was pretty good. So, the Amazon experiment is very valuable. Netflix has got House of Cards succeeded. They just have that Eli Roth werewolf series, Hemlock Grove. Um, They've got Arrested Development coming back, and if they get the Dark Tower. That's it. Network television is dead. <laughs> it's dying anyway. It's dying. It is. Uh, and, but they are, before they does, they are going to bring another Stephen King novel to CBS, right? Under the Dome. Under the Dome. Brian K. Vaughn is the showrunner. Is that Ooh. like June 1st or June, June 1st? 3rd? Is gonna be a I hope yeah. that doesn't cause any saga delays. No, saga's already on delay so that uh, Fiona... Saga's on a built-in delay. Right, 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 right. But... Uh, but I, I'm sure that this is one of the reasons why they've got those built-in delays, so he can take time to do this. And I'm happy with that. That's fine. Because if Brian K. Vaughn is running the show on Under the Dome, I think they had me at Stephen King, but they'll have me with Brian K. Vaughn as an interesting showrunner. Yeah. 
So I'm there. Just want to say, uh, also we'll add in, that Jeff Johns hinted at Free Comic Book Day that uh, there will be some big DC TV announcements this this summer at Comic-Con, uh, which is including that Booster Gold is in development. He, so these are live action. Live action. Live action <laughs> announcements. Booster Gold TV show. I like the fact you just started nodding. <laughs> Sorry. That's not... <laughs> But, but to compete with Marvel, because no, we know S.H.I.E.L.D.'s so. going to come on. Yeah. They're working on Booster Gold. Booster Gold's a wonderful one to do. He would TV. like to see Wonder Woman make it. We know. I don't know where CW is with their Amazon pilot, but, you know, I think Amazon might be at odds with what they're planning to do with Arrow, so I don't know if they if they want that. But we'll see. So we'll be paying attention to that this summer. I think what's really going to happen here is uh, DC's going to realize they can't make a show or do a movie to save their lives. Are they going to turn the whole thing over to Axel Braun? I'm actually strangely okay with that. Yeah. Because, you know, that is the difference. I, if, if listeners don't know what we're talking about, it's that Axel Braun is the guy doing all the triple, the X-rated porn parodies of all the superhero stuff. And the truth is, they're, they're certainly as accurate, if not five times more accurate than anything that, that Warner Brothers has actually done in live action to the original source material. Because you know what Axel Braun is that the executives of Warner Brothers aren't? A fan? A fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'll admit, I watched the Batman 66 parody sans sex, like the, the half hour that's left once you cut all the X-rated yeah. stuff out. I was like... That was actually pretty much the Batman 66 show. Even when you take the love out, there's still a lot of love in there. Yeah, it's our kind of love. The wrong kind of love. The scary kind of, yes. Um, so, yeah, I we'll see what Jeff Johns has to say this summer. And my last thing for the night is that uh, as Nate, uh, Nate got Injustice, right? You did buy it? I did, but I have not played it yet. Okay, so uh, now there's the pack. So I went ahead. I knew I was going to break down. I bought the season's pass so I can get the alternate costumes. And then Lobo was released yesterday as a downloadable character. And I truly, truly, I love those moves. Like, you know, the, the Aquaman, the shark thing. Yeah. Lobo's started out kind of mundane. Like I'd seen, there was a kind of a variation on everybody else's. And then about halfway through it, they do a twist that is so just like, this is so Lobo. And it's perfect. And I was fighting Green Arrow, and I just loving Green Arrow screaming in outrage <laughs> at it. And then Lobo turns, and I don't know why they bother blurring it out, but he turns his last move in the in the finishing move is to flip off the guy that he's killing. And it was like, but they digitized the finger out. I'm like, nice. We know what it is. Thanks, DC. Yeah. Um, so that's why Luke will not be able to play it. But but it's a good. It's really cool to see Lobo. I don't know why, but it was cool to see him in the game. Now, did you play the Star Trek? Did you get the Star Trek? I have bought it. It has not arrived yet. I bought it cheap on eBay. I will be getting it this week. See, I got it as uh, an Amazon download for my PC, so I played through the first couple of scenes. Oh, okay, yeah. It's okay. It's a little. The control is a little awkward, but... Well, this is why I'm hoping that it's actually arrived today, so that if we finish this early tonight, I can... Uh, I can have I can play for a half hour. Or I'll so make an attempt started. to play through some more. Maybe we can talk about it next. Because time. I, I'd love to. I'd love to. Well, yeah, big wow. So um, those are my things. And then they announced today that Batgirl will be downloadable in a month. So they're really actually. I know you were bitter about Mortal Kombat versus the DC Universe, but in just and the lack of DLC, and, and, and DLC. 
but Injustice is really coming through on the DLC. So I also got Solomon Grundy's Boss Grundy outfit. I won that, unlocked that. So his finishing move is awful because this alternate universe... Solomon Grundy like takes all these knives that are stuck into his body. Oh yeah! And his last thing, Luke was terrified. Said, "Do not play against me as Solomon Grundy." But his last part of the of it is that he takes his own headstone and pulls it out of his body and breaks it over his opponent. And it's like that's really cool and really wrong at the same time, <laughs> which is how I feel about Injustice. I love it. But it's also wrong, just like we felt about the comics. It's wrong and it's right. So, and did you say that that magazine is the biggest selling? The the digital comic is the top seller worldwide. Wow! And but the Jinx. game, but the game is great. And, it, and once I got through the story mode, then there's a Star Labs mode with missions. So I've gone further in that I can now feel like I can accurately write it up. Cool. But the battle modes, even each battle, you can, you fight ten opponents. It. The story changes. And you are playing this on the PS3. On the PS3. Right. But the story changes. Each one has a different resolution. Uh-huh. And it, it gives you a different plot. So a lot of value for the replay. A lot of value for the replay. I, I, I was really impressed. I'm really impressed with this game. And continuing to enjoy just the cathartic thrill of beating the snot out of the Joker. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I continue playing that. So... If you've got questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. If you if you got another combo you want to play here, play here at Cafe Stretch. And we thank Cafe Stretch for putting up with us. We're grateful for the time. If you've listened to us on iTunes, you can. Please subscribe to us, rate us, tell your friends, listen to us on the Stitcher app. Check us out at www.fanboyplanet.com. We're going to next record at Big Wow, so we'll come at you from there in about a week and a half. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Nate Costa, and I know that people will write in and say, you never reminded Nate to tell his Disneyland thing. I thought that was just for me. No, it was for everyone. Oh, no. Okay. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use use your powers powers only for for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Use your powers only for good. No, tell us about Disneyland. Oh, so uh, you know how grown girls are not allowed to wear like princess outfits so kids don't get confused but if you're a little kid you can wear a princess outfit right unless you're uh, a Mariah Carey exactly that's what I was gonna say Nick Cannon and Mariah Carey got to go dressed as he was Prince Valiant and but, they shut down the whole park for right them? well well they shut down the park so to be fair no one was there to be but confused. it's not fair that's rich they people. shut down the whole you can't like have, take them around in sections and just shut down those sections for a short period of time. Little Pope Mobile. I find that a little that. ridiculous. It was late at night, though. Was it? I think so. So why are there kids up that late? 
they're horrible Irresponsible. Parents. Hi. It's Los Angeles, dude. Okay. No, it was, uh, it was Disney Chinatown, World. Chinatown, Jake. It was Disney World. It wasn't uh, Disneyland. Oh, then. Well, then that makes sense. Florida, only sure. old people live in Florida. And I do hope I uh, this weekend I'm going to go to uh, Stark Expo. So I hope that I will.